Hi, everyone. Joining me today is Cameron and Jessica Riker. And I got to know Mr. Riker from my son when he was at Ville de Marie. Um, he had Mr. Riker as a theology teacher. And it was amazing to listen to what Nate would bring home and how on fire for the faith he became. And he, Cameron's just been an amazing example of a godly husband and godly man for Nate. And I'm just so thankful. And I'm so excited that they've agreed to come on and tell me what saint they've been tripping over. So Cameron and Jessica, welcome. Hi, thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. This is great. Well, tell us a little bit about, um, I know you have a project in the works to bring theology to more people, um, not just the students you teach. So tell us a little bit about that, you guys. Yeah, currently we're working on putting together a little bit of a uh, program to be able to take some of the theology that I teach at Ville de Marie every day and spread it elsewhere. So, for example, the county that I'm from in Indiana, there are zero Catholic high schools. And so the only way that any of those high school young adult kids have access to the faith is through their Wednesday night religion classes, which if you're being indoctrinated correctly for one hour a week and then being indoctrinated incorrectly for the other however many hours are in a week, then it's just not enough. It's fighting an uphill battle. And so what we're hoping to do is be able to take some of the good, solid theology that we have uh, at my school and that the Catholic Church has always had and handed down generationally and try to spread that to some of the places in America where there's just not any richness to the intellectual life and the faith. So that's what we're hoping for. Um, yeah. Follow us on Instagram for updates. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. What is your Instagram handle while everybody's got their phone out? Uh, just, just Cameron Riker. Perfect. I think. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Beginning stages. <laughs> yeah. No, you can follow me on YouTube and that's just Cameron Riker. Yeah. That's fantastic. I'm so glad you're doing that. There is such a need and we're so thankful for people that are putting things like that together for our children. That's so, so important. So important. And I know you guys welcomed a little one about, so now it's been a, almost a year. Been 364 days. <laughs> Her birthday is tomorrow. Yeah, right. Yeah. So she'll be one tomorrow. So we're we're really excited for that. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, congratulations. That is so special. Thank you. That's so special. Well, I can't wait to hear it. So tell me about the saint that has come along and journeyed beside you guys. Yeah, I'll go first if that's okay. Yeah. Uh, the saint that first came to my mind was Saint Joseph. And growing up, I don't really think that I ever fostered a devotion to Saint Joseph in any special kind of way. I grew up cradle Catholic. I wasn't really living my faith until I was in my early 20s. But uh, my confirmation saint was Saint John the Evangelist, who's definitely played an instrumental role. But I think focusing on St. Joseph is what I want to do here because St. Joseph has kind of grown in my life and my devotion towards him has grown. And I felt like his influence in my life has grown through me becoming first a husband and then a father. St. Joseph is obviously the patron of those things. And so my appreciation for the struggles of Joseph 
and leading his family in the flight into Egypt and all of those things. You know, we we haven't had to flee the country yet personally, but <laughs> but we've had uh, our own hardships certainly, um, even in our first couple of years of marriage and things that we've had to get through, and just really being devoted to Saint Joseph and looking to him as that that pillar for the Holy Family. He was their stability and their rock and their protector. And now it's my job to emulate that to the degree that I can within my own family. And so if anybody goes to confession or if anybody thinks to themselves, oh, I'm not that bad. Well, I never have any trouble recognizing how bad of a person I am because the bar that I tried to hold myself to is St. Joseph. And so I'm nothing, nothing close to that. But it gives me something in my meditations and in my prayers to St. Joseph that's more concrete that I can latch on to, because now through becoming a husband and becoming a father, I can understand what he was going through and understand his anxieties and his stresses a little more. And really just using him as a rock and as a source of strength and inspiration has been incredibly, incredibly powerful in my life. And a sort of concrete uh, story of that is Jessica and I were looking for housing and my goodness, the housing market in Phoenix was insane. Houses would go on the market and off the market on oh the same goodness. day. And so Jessica would wake up sometimes at, you know, one in the morning and she's just scrolling through whatever Zillow or whatever it is looking for a house. And we were doing that for a while. And then we decided, okay, well, we need help with this. We're underqualified for what we're doing. And we just, we don't have the ability to handle this on our own. So we made a trip up to Yarnell. There's a St. Joseph shrine up there. And we went up there. We made a day of it. We prayed the Stations of the Cross. We made a special prayer to St. Joseph. And as we were driving back from Yarnell, we got a call from our real estate agent about a house um, well, the house, offer. yeah, the house that we're in right now, they'd accepted our offer. <laughs> oh my goodness. And so St. Joseph is the patron of finding a home. And I think if anybody's out there is looking for a home, definitely invoke St. Joseph because he's not let us down yet. That's incredible. It's so special because when things happen like that, you know, it, it's like God doesn't leave room for doubt in that instance, you know, driving back down, it's like that. The timing of that, the timing of when you would be there and when you would leave and when you would go, it's like there were just, there's just too much in play that the Lord's like, you know what? I'm listening. I'm here, you know, and St. Joseph is like, I'm, I'm on it. (laughs) That's fantastic. And then um, another sidebar, I'll tell one more quick thing and you can jump in if you feel like adding some details, but For Jess and me, whenever we got married, for our honeymoon, we were trying to figure out what we were going to do. We looked at going to Europe, looked at going to somewhere tropical, maybe Hawaii. We're looking at all these places and nothing just seemed right. COVID was still an issue. And so it made traveling a little bit more cumbersome than it ordinarily would be. And so we just decided, you know what, let's keep it simple. We're going to drive to Santa Fe and there's the staircase there, the St. Joseph staircase. And so a couple of days after our marriage, we packed up and went out to Santa Fe and 
we went to the staircase of St. Joseph and that was beautiful, first of all. And if anybody's not familiar with the story, um, I can give you a very brief synopsis, but you should look, you should do your own research on this one. But these nuns needed a staircase built up to a choir loft. They had a bunch of carpenters look. The carpenters said, nope, can't do it. It doesn't work. We can put a ladder in, but that's it. So they were praying. And eventually this carpenter came up and said, I can build it. The only requirements are nobody can watch me while I'm working. And um, I think there was one other. No one could go into the church. No one could go into the church while it's being built. So he comes, he does his work. And then when he's done, he just vanishes. And the sisters can't figure out where he is. They're looking around. They're trying to figure out how to pay him. And so later on, they deduced that it must have been St. Joseph because they'd prayed a novena to St. Joseph. And now all of a sudden they have a staircase. So do your own research on that. But we went there for our honeymoon and we consecrated our marriage to St. Joseph. And being there was just beautiful. And I think that was the best way we possibly could have started our marriage because St. Joseph has definitely given me graces that I have not deserved. And he's <laughs> he's allowed us to really have a very peaceful home and a very peaceful mm-hmm. family life. And we've had struggles, but we've been lucky enough to have our struggles come from outside of our marriage and not within it. And I think a large part of that is due to the intercession of St. Joseph. And it was also providential because Jess ended up getting sick a couple of days later. And so our not even a couple of days later. Yeah. yeah I like was, a couple hours later. I was sick yeah. going there. And so, and we, the plan was to camp. So we camped the first night and our first full day there, we went to see the staircase. And after we saw the staircase, like a couple hours through the day, we're like, nope, I'm not going to make it. So we were literally in Santa Fe for one 24-hour window and it was only enough time to see the staircase, consecrate our marriage, and then we went home. Oh <laughs> that was our honeymoon. <laughs> Bless your heart. The okay, sickness well, and health vow, that, that kicked in. It like, kicked in right away. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, when you get a chance to go back to Santa Fe, you have to take a drive up to Chamayo. Have you ever done that? We were there too, actually. We did the staircase, yep. we did Choo Choo Mayo, and then we went Chimayo. home. Chamayo. <laughs> but it was just one morning, and then Jess and I decided that we just needed to go back. So. Yes. Oh, my goodness. It's beautiful. Yeah. Any That was the first real pilgrimage I ever went on was to Santa Fe. I had just read the book by Willa Cather, um, The Death of the Archbishop. In the, in, they talk about the cathedral and everything. And so I was so fascinated by like the sunset on the stone and how she captured it in the book so perfectly, mm. and that whole story. And um, yeah, Santa Fe is amazing. And that staircase, I just, and if I remember right, I think wasn't one of the, didn't one of the actresses become a nun like after the movie about the staircase? I'll have to mm, I don't know about Dorothy that. something. I can't remember her name. But yeah, there's all sorts of miracles around that. It's it's amazing. Um I was so excited last year when the church did the year of St. Joseph. Mm-hmm. And I had never I don't know, I I had never really I think for me he was very easy to overlook and never really learn about and study about and last year I just absolutely fell in love with him and understanding a little more of what he went through as Jesus's earthly father. I can't imagine mm. 
the the weight on his shoulders of keeping them safe, our blessed mother in Christ. And I just think, yeah, only if you had seen an angel could you have taken that on. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. oh, it's incredible. Yeah. St. Alphonsus Liguori, he has the homily on St. Joseph, and he makes the observation that St. Joseph participates in Christ's passion in the presentation in the temple. That's a ceremonial act whereby the parents consecrate their firstborn to the Lord. And so St. Joseph, in consecrating his first son totally to the Lord, that's his participation in the passion of Christ. Wow. And so he has a fairly direct participation in Christ's passion insofar as he's the one who gives Jesus back to the Lord insofar as his father has the authority to do that. Wow. I've never heard that before, but that is beautiful. How powerful. The more I study about scripture and all of the every it just it blows me away how there's so many, how the Bible just points back to itself over and over and over again. It's exciting. I love it. Uh, well, thank you, St. Joseph. That's amazing. Okay, Jess, I want to hear your... <laughs> my my um, confirmation saint is actually the Blessed Mother. <laughs> I went straight to the top. <laughs> And what's really funny about that is I I was a cradle Catholic as well, but my CCD class, like how Cameron's talking, it's, you know, one hour of Catholicism for the entire week. And then that's it. And that's really how my life was in suburbia, Chicago. And so when I picked the Blessed Mother, I picked her because she was the only one I knew. (laughs) I really didn't know any other saints. (laughs) I didn't realize I was picking the best of the best at the time, but um What's so important to me about that is actually going back to my great grandma who wasn't Catholic and she was a convert to Catholicism. She was an only child and it was the Blessed Mother that converted her. She had some uh, divine illumination. She had some, I don't remember the full story, but she had made some kind of promise to the Blessed Mother for some pickle that she was in that if, you know, she was taken out of this, she would convert to the Catholic church and she attributed it to the blessed mother. And then whatever happened, it came through. So she converted, her parents didn't. So she was the only one. Mm -hmm. And then she went on to have uh, five kids and her first daughter, her first of the five is my grandma. And she named her Mary in honor of the blessed mother. And my grandma was on fire for the faith. She was just a crusader for Catholicism and died a very holy death. And then her daughter is my mom, her first daughter and firstborn of three. And my mom's name is Marlo. And Marlo, my mom's hated her name her whole life. (laughs) But funny enough, it's Hebrew. She never knew this. It's Hebrew for daughter of Mary. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And then my mom's confirmation saint is also Mary, which she chose similarly to mine, where she didn't know any other saints. So she chose that. And then I'm my mom's firstborn of three. And my name's Hebrew. It has no attachment to any Mary name, but it means foresight and it's Hebrew. (laughs) And um, so we have this lineage of Mary and my my great grandma's conversion 
for um, because of the Blessed Mother to Catholicism. And then Cameron, his grandma was a very holy woman, and she's got two daughters, and they both were named after the Blessed Mother. And it's really beautiful to see this strong vein in both of our families that was carved out by the Blessed Mother. And then we came together and were able to have our firstborn, our daughter, and her name is Celine Regina Ann, which means heavenly queen. Um, so it's it, it's been such a beautiful unfolding of events that our Blessed Mother started decades ago and to manifest in this little girl who's now dedicated to her and everyone else kind of happenstance, not, not happenstance, Mary intended it all, but providential that it, it's come to this now that we're going to have all of our girls dedicated to Mary and hopefully some of them become nuns and good holy women. And so I think the Blessed Mother has had a large hand in me being Catholic and the rest of our lineage being Catholic here. And she was born on St. Anne's feast day, our daughter, Celine. So that's how we get the Anne at the end. So it. queen of heaven gets her mama in her name. Absolutely. <laughs> I am so glad you shared that because, so I'm a college convert. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to Texas A&M and they have an amazing, amazing Catholic church there named St. Mary's that just was so special to me. Um, but I can remember when it came time to pick my confirmation saint, um, my family was not Catholic and they were not um going to be participating in my confirmation and really the last kind of hurdle I had with the Catholic church, like so many of the teachings either through scripture or just understanding semantics or what I had been taught about the Catholic Mm -hmm. church that wasn't actually the truth about what was happening. You know, Mary was really my last hurdle the last thing that I didn't understand and I didn't know how. And so I can remember standing at the back of the church the day of my confirmation and saying, okay, Mary, um, you know, for 2000 years, people wiser than me have loved you and just accepted you. And you've shown them how to love your son even better, which at the time I thought, well, I really love Jesus. So I don't know how that's even going to be possible to (laughs) love him more, but okay, you can try and show me. And I remember standing there and then I, and then somebody later said, oh, you picked the blessed mother as your confirmation saint. That's weird. And I thought, and I, for the longest time, it took me years. I thought I did it wrong. I thought I was supposed to pick someone. <laughs> and so I was like, did I do it wrong? Did I do my whole confirmation wrong? And it took me a long time to be like, oh no, you you can choose her. Like she's, it's okay. So I'm so glad you shared that. You are the first person I've ever met that also chose the Blessed Mother. And you're the first person. Well, actually, my sisters did too. That's the whole funny part about it. Because none of us, we all picked it independently of each other, not knowing who each other was picking. And then everyone else outside of that kind of family lineage that came down with Mary has all kind of fallen off from the faith. So it's another piece that has just made it all the more sweeter that the Blessed Mother is my confirmation saint. Yes. She'll do great things in your life. Oh, she does. She does. So um, the title for us that's so special is um, Untire of Knots. Mm -hmm. And um, 
I don't know if Nate ever shared the story with you guys, but our daughter, Mary, um, she is an absolute miracle. Um, we had been told we couldn't have any more children. We had had eight miscarriages. Like we were, that was it. And father Lewis at a Steubenville conference said at adoration in front of 2000 high school kids, someone here is struggling with infertility and God just untied the knots. And nine months later, along came Mary. And so, yeah, yeah. So entire of knots is our very, but, but yeah, you're right. I had no idea how special Mary would become to our family. And what, what I love about her so much is I, I feel like she was so humble that at the back of the church that day at my confirmation, she was like, that's okay. As long as you love my son, we're fine. You know, like I, don't, <laughs> I never felt like there was, there's ever been any, like any guilt or any shame for not understanding her role in the church or how incredibly special she is for us. And the more I learn, the more I'm just like, I'm so sorry that I didn't, I didn't know, you know, but she's so tender and so loving with that. It's like, oh, just keep loving my son. We're good. (laughs) St. Alphonsus Liguori, once again, commenting on Mary and quoting one of the other saints who I don't remember, says that if you read the gospel of Luke carefully, what Mary is troubled about is not the fact that she's seeing an angel, but what the angel said. And what the angel said was, hail, full of grace. Mm. And St. Alphonsus Liguori makes the comment that Mary, since she was so humble, would have been more comfortable if the angel had addressed her as, hail, most wretched of all sinners. Mm. Because in her humility, she never thought of herself as being something great. And so whenever the angel addressed her as full of grace, she was concerned and didn't know how to take it. (laughs) That's amazing. That's amazing. That's so beautiful. I can't believe you keep saying Liguori also because I'm, I had never heard of him and I'm right in the middle of reading a book by him. So I love the saints, how they just, <laughs> they just come alongside you and they're like, hey, by the way, we're going to be friends now. Like, <laughs> you know? I know you don't know me, but I'm here. So let's, you know, I, I love that. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. And I, I feel like, I feel like what you're saying with Vilda Marie and just the community there. And I feel like when you surround yourself with people that love our blessed mother and love the saints, that it really is like that slingshot effect where mm-hmm. you're just helping each other up that mountain and just falling more and more in love with God every day and you're just all the rest of it starts to fall away. And then it's like your eyes open and see these other saints like Liguori coming. Now I can't wait to finish the book. Cause I'm like, what else does he have to say? <laughs> he clearly is trying to say a lot, of, a lot today. So what, what do we need to listen to? You know? Yeah. Well, St. Augustine in his confessions has that famous passage and he says, Oh, beauty ever ancient, ever new. And he's talking about the divine essence, but 
in a certain sense, after 2,000 years of Catholic history and an additional 4,000 years of Jewish history in the Old Testament, there is an element of the church that is ever ancient and ever new. And so it's it's an, a mystery that's infinitely deep. It's a book that never ends in a certain sense until you get to heaven. And so it's just beautiful. I've been studying the faith now for the better part of a decade, and I'm only just beginning. <laughs> I'm with you. I feel so new. And um, my parents did end up coming into the church um, two years ago at Easter. And Praise God. Oh, it's been it's been incredible. And I, I really, I still am when they go up to take the Eucharist with me, it just, it it is the most beautiful, humbling, just amazing moment. It is such a gift. And, but watching them learn, I mean, they are so on fire and they, it's like they can't get enough and they're teaching me things. They'll call me and it's like, did you know? I'm like, I didn't know. This is amazing. It's so fun. And, you know, watching them discover and learn and then turn around and, and their joy is just contagious. And it's amazing. I feel like you're exactly right. It's always new because we get to see it through someone else's eyes, through our children's eyes. And then as they're catechized, there's so many, I feel like we could probably study every day and there's so much wealth and beauty that we would never, we'd never know it all. (laughs) True. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. I think that um, to comment on Jessica's story a little bit, Jessica's sister told me once that she was praying in the Adoration Chapel. And she was essentially praying, asking God why she had been chosen because she wasn't living according to her faith at that time. Well, shortly before that time anyway. And she said that God just essentially infused into her head that the reason that she was here and in that church was because of Jessica's great grandma. And so I think it's really, really important to emphasize the fact that one person who falls away from the church could be the cause of the loss of hundreds of souls in hundreds of years. And if you can convert one person to the church, that one person that you converted may have children and their children may have children and so on and so forth. And it's just this, it's sort of like the butterfly effect to a certain extent is you really can never appreciate how much of an impact a single word or nice gesture or a single prayer can have on the course of all of human history, because it's those little things that add up quickly. And if somebody hadn't reached out to Jessica's great grandma, well, maybe she wouldn't be here. Maybe Celine wouldn't be here. Maybe all of our future children wouldn't be here. And so it's just beautiful to see how grace has a sort of generational effect and just by living according to your faith and doing what you can do now, you can pass on a blessing for generations to come to the end of the world, if God wills. Yes. Yeah. Have you guys heard that song, um, Carrie Job, the blessing song? And it's from Numbers. Um, it's scripture about your generations being blessed. Have y'all heard that song? I don't think so. 
You're gonna have I know Carrie Joe, but I'm not entirely sure I know that song. Oh, okay. So tonight when y'all are putting Celine to sleep, listen to that <laughs> song and it just uh I mean it's basically pure scripture of Aww. blessings for your generate, you know, for your future generations and yeah. uh, just speaking blessing over them. And it's oh it's it's beautiful. Yeah, it's my song. When I send the kids off to college, I listen to that over and over. <laughs> I'm going to pray. That's awesome. Hedges of protection around them <laughs> yeah. as much as I can. That's one of the cool things, too, about becoming a husband and a father is the ability to bless your wife and children. And so I was in seminary, actually, before um, I just turned out of seminary before I got married, but before I got married, I was uh, in Catholic seminary. And so that was a really fulfilling aspect of marriage to me is that that good that you find most perfectly in the priesthood is still present in marriage in a more, in, in a different way, but it's still there. And I think that that's a really beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah. That, um, all of the, the prayers that the father has the, the right, I guess is, I don't know if that's the, or the authority mm-hmm. to say over his family. I, that's just amazing to me that you've been ordained as the figure of the family to bless us and protect us. And it's amazing. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you guys so much. This was absolutely beautiful. And I, Absolutely love that y'all picked the Holy Family. (laughs) (laughs) That is so fitting. So fitting. And especially on the eve of Celine's birthday. What a beautiful, a beautiful day to talk to you guys and to celebrate Joseph and Mary and celebrate you guys as well. So thank you for being with me. Of course. Thank you for having us. This was fun. It was. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us for Tripping Over the Saints. I hope you enjoyed meeting our new friend, and I cannot wait to introduce you to more new friends. If you would like to become a patron of this podcast, we would love for you to join in at Patreon. The donations you make go directly to cover the hosting, technical support, and donations we make to our speakers and podcasters and missionaries that come on the show to introduce us to someone new. Have a great day, and I cannot wait to talk to you again.